0: Thanks for listening to The Rest is Politics. Sign up to The Rest is Politics Plus to enjoy ad free listening, receive a weekly newsletter, join our members' chat room, and gain early access to live show tickets. Just go to TheRestisPolitics.com. That's TheRestisPolitics.com. Well, welcome to it's not really an emergency, but a kind of unexpected Rest is Politics. It's Alistair here. Rory's on a ski slope at the moment, but he and I have just recorded half an hour yabbering away together on YouTube, which you're about to hear. And we do two things. First of all, we give you the details of our pre-election tour, assuming the election is going to be in the autumn. And we tell you where and when, and most importantly, how to get tickets. And also, we're going to react to these two by-election results overnight where the Tories have been absolutely splattered. Labour. So, yeah, hope to see lots of you on the tour in October. The 6th in Brighton, the 9th in Birmingham, the 11th twice in Manchester, 12th in Glasgow, 14th Cardiff, and 15th terrifying the O2 Arena. So, hope to see lots of you there. Hope you enjoy the chat that we're about to have. You can get tickets, by the way, frankly, wherever you can find Rest is Politics online, social media, Twitter, restispolitics.com, anywhere. We're here
1: live, which means that uh, you know we can't no you mistakes. Know, you, you can't ask me to show my trousers or anything on the on the Rory, show I
0: Having already seen them as you took your seat, I am definitely going to get people to take to <laughs> people. ridiculous trousers, which I don't think even the toffs of the toffs would wear those on the ski slopes. No, so anyway, no,
1: we're here to, to discuss these tremendous Labour victories in the by-election, which are very interesting in terms of lots of things, actually in terms of what that might mean for how Labour does in the election and in terms of what it says about Parliament. But we're also here, aren't we, Alistair, to encourage people not to listen to us at all, but to take advantage of the fact that the live (laughs) sale of our tickets has just started. So very quickly, before I hand back to you, this is our October election tour. So to remind people, this is our big live tour, which is going to be doing the UK and US elections, because obviously we're betting hard that the UK elections are going to be not in May. So 6th of October, Brighton Center, 9th, Birmingham Utilita Arena, 11th, Manchester to Apollo twice, 12th, mm-hmm. Glasgow SEC Armadillo, Q jokes about Amarillo, 14th mm-hmm. October, Cardiff Utilita Arena. And then the big one in London is we're going to do the O2 in the round. So basically anybody listening to this live show, please get off this live show and book your tickets
0: no 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 you can do both or you can do both you can have a you can have a phone you can have a laptop you can have a oh, I see. Okay. friend yeah, or a colleague i would I'd, lo- I'd love to be able to get the data for how many people watching this are actually at work Maybe yes, put, uh, be- you, you can tell us, by the way, in the very private chat, um, which yep. nobody else will see. I'm sure. Um, <laughs> so I think people should. Uh, yeah, I hope people do come. We've we've actually, because we put tickets up for members only. I think we've sold well over ten percent of the whole lot already. And and by the way, Manchester and uh, and London appear to be where we have the biggest followings, looking at the sales. So well, well, uh, although we've had a big
1: response, nice response from cardiff couple a couple of welsh comments in the thing yeah
0: and somebody so. who who
1: describes himself as stormy daniels but is presumably not stormy daniels says i just got into bed but this is
0: worth staying awake for and well, it could be stormy daniels i mean stormy daniels presumably goes to bed quite a lot
1: yeah yeah that's true this is, but it looks like sammy stormy Daniels with a beard looking the photograph sam wilkins this bloody queue for o2 tickets it's like i'm booking to see taylor swift there we are that's a great compliment for you now let's get to the serious stuff though just I'm going to just explain to people what happened, and then we're going to hand over to you for comments. So There have been two by-elections, and by-elections of of seats which the Conservatives held. And By-elections are obviously things that a sitting government wants to avoid if at all possible. But in this case, they lost two MPs for different reasons. In uh, Wellingborough, they lost Peter Bone, who they had to fire from the party, or decided to fire from the party, because there were some very serious allegations against him for sexual Misconduct and bullying. And he was then removed by something called a recall petition, which maybe we should talk about a little bit because it's a really interesting development in the British Constitution, allows you to recall your MP. The other seat, which is Kingswood, was an MP called Chris Skidmore, who went into Parliament with me in 2010 and whose seat was being abolished in the election. And then decided two months later that he was going to resign on principle about uh, the government's environmental policy and fracking. So in both cases, by elections held, in both cases, Labour come home with a extraordinary result, but even more dramatic, I guess, in Wellingborough. Over to you.
0: So- Looking, by the way, at the comments, most people do seem to be at work, so I hope their employers aren't all looking at them over their shoulders. they listen to us. As you know, you you are one of those people who thinks that the Tories have lost and that Keir Starmer is in, in office, sort of, you know, all over by the shouting. Even with this result, I think it's important to keep a few things in perspective. Um, that being said, <laughs> I think they're pretty disastrous for the Tories. Uh, the swing... In Wellingborough, and admittedly, it is a very odd scene when you have an MP kicked out and his partner stands in for so it, takes the, the candidacy. Rishi Sunak didn't yeah, campaign just, with either just, of these. Yeah, just on that
1: one. I mean, it, exactly. So, Peter Bone, having been recalled for serious sexual misconduct towards one of his male parliamentary assistants. And having divorced his wife, then decided to encourage his current girlfriend to run in the seat. So there's a background here. And of course, part of the background is is that recall petition was huge news locally. So there will be many people who are voting against Peter Bowen, but it's produced an astonishing result. It's a swing, I think, of 18,000, second largest swing ever recorded in history.
0: Well, it's the biggest to Labour. It's 28.5%. It's the biggest to Labour this Parliament. The biggest before that was Tamworth, which was 23.7. I have to say that the biggest ever was a very happy day in my life. Um, It was Dudley in 1994. And I, I can remember this very, very well because we were in the United States of America. Tony Blair was speaking at a dinner in the ambassador's residence, that very grand building. In Washington and we got the result in uh, I got uh, Fiona Gordon who was our regional director told me the result and I slipped in to see Tony at this dinner <laughs> it was you, you have to be able to have a laugh with your boss every now and again and I I just slipped in as he was sort of pontificating about the future of the world and being very grand with all these senators and congress people and military bods and what have you, and I tapped him on the shoulder and he looked up and I I, I did my the, the, my sort of sad eyes look, and I said not as good as we thought, and he said what do you mean? I said it's going to be a recount. <laughs> <laughs> and, and for five seconds, I absolutely had him, and then I sort of, I burst out laughing. and gave him the result. Uh, he did, though, tell me straight away, get onto them and say, no complacency, hard work goes on, etc. Um, so, but it is a, it's a massive swing. Um, uh, if, if this swing happened, Lashley, Rory, in a general election, how many seats do you think the Tories would have? I
1: don't know. What's the, what's the answer?
0: Four. One,
1: two, three, four. Four seats. If this happened nationally, the, the Tories would have only four seats left in Parliament.
0: Correct correct that's why people should not sort of imagine that that's going to happen um now and, and on the turnout i mean turnout is pretty low 37% in one 38% in the other so almost two thirds of people didn't vote and again here's where i would be a bit cautious if i was labor a lot of those people i suspect are people who ultimately will vote tory but the other line that's being being spun is about about reform and and there was a very interesting survey done of people who if if people say if the Tories, for reform voters, only only under a third who say they will vote reform, say if reform weren't there, who would you vote for? Only a third say Tory. So, so, so this idea this, that this, Tory this, and reform this, are together is nonsense.
1: So this is really critical for us because um, for the Conservative Party particularly, when Rishi Sunak loses the next election, and it will be a significant loss, there will be a big push from people like Suela Bravman to take the party to the right. But there's also gonna be a lot of action over the next few months, something I've just been talking to my friend and hero David Gork about, to push the party to the right. So there will be people inside the Conservative party looking at these by-election results and saying that that vote taken by reform, which is the ex sort of Brexit UKIP party, if those votes had gone to the Tories, they would have won. And of course, as you've pointed out, there are two problems with that. One of them is all those votes wouldn't have gone to the Tories. And number mm. two, chasing those votes would put the Tories into a more and more strange right-wing position yeah. and will tempt them, for example, to do stuff on immigration. And as we've discussed, that's a crazy thing to do because there's absolutely no way they're going to be able to make any difference to immigration between now and the election.
0: Yeah. You've said before that, you know, the economic situation is so grim that it's hard to see how the Tories can pull this round. and. So yesterday was very, really interesting. I mean, it used to be that you couldn't do big political news on by-election days. And that whole perda thing, the rules seem to have completely gone along with a lot of the other sort of standards that we used to take for granted. But so yesterday you had a situation where Jeremy Hunt, the chancellor, was out there talking about tax cuts. And meanwhile, the official data came out showing that the economy was officially in recession. And I think this tax cut thing, I think the Tories are trapped in a historical view of the world that goes back to Margaret Thatcher. They just think that tax cuts are the answer to all their problems. I think they're the answer to their problems politically with this rump, this well, significant rump in the Conservative Parliamentary Party, MPs who think they have to be able to say tax cuts. But I actually think for Labour, they can win an argument that says that tax cuts at this time are the wrong thing to do for the economy. Exactly.
1: And I think people like me who are more on the left of the Conservative Party would completely agree with you that the reality is that public services are shot to pieces. And this idea that they're going to be able to cut public services more, public spending more, which is one of the things that's going on with this tax cut discussion. So there's a story from the tax cutters that because interest rates are coming down, it's going to be a little bit more money for the government. They're then going to put 5 billion into trying to stop a rise on fuel duty. And then they're going to talk about more cuts to public services in order to create room for tax cuts. But it's it's a really daft thing to do. Um, mm. What we need is more investment in public services at the moment, not less.
0: And the strategy for growth. Now, some of the, just look, trying to look at some of the hundreds of questions that are coming in, Roy, and you, you said at the start, oh, nobody apart from my mum will be watching. There are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of questions. But I don't know few. how many of these are my mum under different names. Well, I don't think your mum would be dishonest like that. I really think well, she put thank up you. her own name. Uh, by the way, Stormy Daniels has confirmed that Stormy Daniels is the name of a dog. Okay. Right. OK, and yes. and Stormy is not in bed because she's in Sydney and it's 9 p.m. OK, got you, got you, got you. Um, I often go to bed at uh, at 9 p.m. So one of the themes that's coming through in the questions is will this embolden Labour? Um, I hope so, is the answer to that. I, I think that Labour still needs to give people more of what a friend of mine calls the, the 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 song to whistle to as they go to the ballot box. At the moment, I think you're getting an awful lot of, I hate the Tories, I want to get rid of the Tories. And I think Labour really can now put the foot down on the gas in terms of an offer. And by the way, it doesn't all have to be the offer that says more money for this, more money for that. I am more convinced than ever after all sorts of stuff that's been going on, not least the stuff that led to example for the, the election in, in Wellingborough, I really do think that there's a massive campaign to be fought on standards in public life and what sort of country we are, what sort of politics we want. And I think that, interestingly, I didn't catch it, but I saw on social media, Keir Starmer on the media this morning saying that he lost a lot of respect. He felt his relationship with Rishi Sunak changed last week. On the back of the Prime Minister's question exchange about when he said he doesn't even know what a woman is, and when Brianna Gray's mother was up there. And you're seeing so much. There's a very good example yesterday. The Tories put out a completely misleading clip of something that Sadiq Khan said. Um, and I just think the public are, are ready. I think they're ready to say, oh, f-, you know, bugger off with your tax cuts. I think they're ready to say we want real change. And clearly at the moment, Labour is the only party that could form another government. So that has to come from Labour. But I think Labour have to offer more than they are at the moment. Yeah, I really to get a, like, to get a to get a landslide, yeah, which is there I, for the taking. And, and I think
1: not just to get a landslide, but also I always felt in government that if you've said things before the election, and ideally put them in the manifesto, but at least made big public statements, it gives you so much more momentum when you come into government to get those things done. Because the whole civil service is ready for you. They've read those stuff in the manifesto. They've heard what they've said. They get the point. They will have prepared it. And as you as a minister come in and say, this is where they want to go, they don't feel as they often will. If you suddenly change your mind after the election, oh my goodness, you know, how's this going to work? How are we going to do this, et cetera? So it's good for getting things done. Um, we've had a lot of good questions about reform. I mean, I think I've counted 10, and I'm sorry, I'm not reading them all out. Um, but I want to pick up Chicken Pie 113. Ben Habib only got 13% after massive campaigning. Mm. Not that impressive. After all the effort they'd put in, I'd expect 15% plus. So this is to do with this right wing UKIP reform vote. It's not that impressive, actually. Compared to where the party was in twenty fifteen, it's not doing that strongly. So quite a lot of people asking questions are, are worried about reform, but I think you could tell a story that in some ways, um, as we've discussed on the podcast before, the, the kind of populist right hasn't really got going yet in Britain in the way that it has in other European countries. Um, one other thing you raised, which I'm I wanted to do a little bit of a explainer on because i think it relates to something we you've been talking about which is standards in public life um which are these recall petitions so often we get questions in question time on what can we do to get rid of our mp's and this you couldn't in the past but in 2015 the conservative lib dem coalition brought in a new bill in parliament which i voted for to allow people to recall mps and what happens is if the mp gets a criminal conviction or is or cheats on their expenses or is suspended for more than 10 sitting days from the house of commons the members of constituency the normal voters in constituency get to sign up to a petition and if more than 10% of people vote for this petition then a recall by election has been called and the nice thing about it is that it's actually happened to almost every party North Antrim against Ian Pais, the DUP, which didn't make it through. Peterborough, where Labour, Fiona Onasania, who'd been lying and cheating on speeding offences in her cars, got recalled and lost the by-election. Breckland and Radnorshire, where a Conservative was uh, putting in false invoices to cheap on his expenses. And then Rutherglen, where we had an SNP MP who had been breaking COVID restrictions. And some of these things will be familiar to listeners because we've covered a lot of these by-elections. Um, on the show. And this Wellington election is a yes, another example of this quite interesting thing, which has meant four MPs already got rid of through this new procedure.
0: Also, I think it's worth pointing out, I and mean, people do sort of give Keir Starmer quite a hard time. This is now seven by-election wins that Labour have picked up. It's, you know, admittedly helped by the Tories and by the circumstances of the by-elections. But you then do have to have the Labour campaign that goes out and then says that, you know, we are, if you like, the the only credible party that can that can take over them. The, the Lib Dems have won some. What do you make of the Lib Dems performance in this? Do you think they're just sort of focusing only on those seats that they can they think they can win? Or I mean I, I can't quite work out what's going on with the Lib Dems.
1: Well I, I'd be interested I mean I think I don't understand. They and I, I don't understand what's happened to the Lib Dems really. I mean they, they just are don't seem to me to have the energy or votes that you would expect when people are so disgusted by the Conservatives. And where a lot of people are in the centre ground. I mean, Labour's taken a lot of those centre ground voters, which I think if the Lib Dems had been more agile, mm. they would have been able to go. One place maybe to watch could be is there any chance that something interesting will happen in Rochdale? Just to remind listeners Rochdale's the by election coming where there's a, a Labour MP running. And actually, there's been quite an interesting question about about that. We've had Samuel Dunt said, can Alistair elaborate on what he said about George Galloway in his Instagram Live? And he gets a chance. George Galloway is a candidate in this forthcoming by-election. Technical question, though. Um, Question about whether Ed Ball's defending the Labour candidate shows something about the split between Corbynistas and non-Corbynistas in Labour.
0: I don't know about that. Look, Azhar Ali, the, the candidate, was taped... We talked about this on the QA yesterday, was Tate making some, you know, b- basically buying into this conspiracy theory that the Israelis knew that the Hamas attack was going to happen and they let it happen so as they could sort of do what they're doing now in Gaza. Because the nominations had closed, Labour sort of said they had no alternative but to sort of he stays on the ticket, as it were. But now they basically said they're not going to campaign for him now. He's still a candidate. Uh, the, the George Galloway is, um, I mean, my first experience of encounters with George Galloway were way back in the 80s when I was a journalist. And he was in charge of a, a charity called War on Want. And all sorts of kind of shenanigans went on there, and, and I, I was on the Mirror did a big story about some of the sort of stuff related to expenses and so forth. And then I guess my, you know, he, he, he's a formidable kind of orator and and rabble rouser, Galloway, um,
1: and quite I, funny. I guess he's. I mean, I remember seeing him take on Christopher Hitchens and take on the U.S. senators. Am I right?
0: Yeah, he's a he, listen. He's a he's a he's a he's a sort of very eloquent rabble rouser and um he's you know we talk a lot about populism he goes into places i don't i don't i'm sure he believes a lot of things but i he he exploits the situation so this is a classic situation where he can go in, as he's done in by-elections previously. But my, my main experience of Galloway was, was do you remember an MP called Rupert Allison? Yeah, 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 um, I mean, who, wrote, who, who, wrote about, who wrote about spies, like writing yeah, books. He, he yeah, he wrote spy novels, yeah. And yeah. He, he had an absolute sort of obsession with me at a various point when I was in the mirror, and he ended up taking me to court over a story that I hadn't even written. Um, and it was a very, very bizarre experience. But if I put it like this, his only witness was George Galloway. <laughs> uh, so, and, and Rupert Allison was a Tory MP, and he was. Bringing Rupert Allison in- was a Tory MP. George uh- Galloway at the time was was I think was a Labour MP, and he likewise. I don't know why I attract these people, Rory, who despise me so much. But just as Allison despised me, so did Galloway. But it's quite something. How can I put this without reopening the whole thing? It's quite something to sit in court and watch somebody describe scenes which you know because they're about you just did not happen. It's quite a weird feeling, that. But anyway, he, anything could happen in this by-election because, of course, what you might expect is that, well, Labour have pulled the plug on their candidates, so therefore the Lib Dems might pick up, but there doesn't seem yep. to be much sign of that. So I think it kind of is anything. Put it this way, I don't think on uh, March the 1st, the day after this by-election, I don't think Labour will be celebrating quite as much as they are today. Yeah. It, yeah, it I mean, will be a mess. Whatever the result, it's going to be
1: a mess sam at zigzag education 1119 says rochdale has three ex-labor people running but not with yeah. labor support i mean it's pretty weird <laughs> because the the simon danchuk who's the candidate for reform was a labor mp george galloway was a labor mp and then we have the guy who was until two days ago the official labor candidate says three ex-labor <laughs> candidates running
0: before we leave the lib dems yep. i wonder yep. if that isn't the moment for for you to show those who are watching on YouTube the the Lib Dem trousers that you're wearing. In your uh, it lifestyle. is true.
1: So David Ventures Media, Rory looks like he's in a ski chalet. It is true. I've been doing something called ski touring, where I climb up hills and ski down. And I was actually saved from having to do it this morning by the Emergency Podcast. But I've been doing it the last two days, so I'm about to go out after you. And here we are. Oh my God! With they're that. not.
0: They're not Lib Dem. They're Scottish Nationalist. Well, they Yeah, like what? <laughs> <laughs> that is an SNP. I've that's never skied. I've never skied in my life, Roy. I've, I've, this is probably very wrong, but I've always seen it a little bit as a sort of public schoolboy thing. was is that yeah, wrong? It's
1: part, part of, I, no, I think I think I don't. I don't think that's still true. But I think I can. I can see why
0: you might think that. Um, now in the Roy, in the comments yep. before we go yep. on, in the comments, yep. we're getting a lot from the rest of this politics team. Say election tour tickets selling quickly. Follow the link in the description to buy yours now. Now, and by the way, on the pricing, please don't shout at us. Um, Hopefully... It's not. Somebody says, this is like Taylor Swift prizes. No, it's not. Have you ever been to a Taylor Swift show? Now, let's just give them a repeat. Brighton Centre, October 6th. Birmingham Utility Arena, the 9th. Manchester, twice on the 11th. Twice. Glasgow, the 12th of October. Cardiff, the 14th. And I hope this will put a stop to the people who say we never go to Wales. I was in Wales two weeks ago. Uh, and, <laughs> and, and, and the O2. I'm slightly, I'm slightly panicking about the O2, I must admit.
1: Yeah, i slight panic about that, but no, no problem. We'll definitely, filling the OT would be very funny. Um, okay. Sam, Sam at Zigzag Education. If people come to the O2, I promise to... No, actually, it's going to put people off. I say, I'm going to do a dance, isn't it? But you might do some music. You might do some music. I might but
0: play music you. yeah. dance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What, what, what you I never get you to, to you? do is
1: sing. I keep trying to, I keep trying to say, you know... This <clears> is the, this sun the way at the O2. to the armadillo.
0: Exactly. That one, that's, yeah. that, that's how I'm that's not a good singer. I'm, I'm a better singer than you are, but I'm not a good singer. Okay.
1: Quickly, just to give people a sense of what we're going to talk about on stage. It's going to be an amazing moment to do a live show because... This has been the year of colossal elections. By the time we're on that stage, we will have seen all the big South Asian elections, Pakistan, Bangladesh, India. Mm. We will have seen, obviously, the Indonesian election, which, just to update people who listened to the last pod, uh, probably Subianto, uh, the special ex-Special Forces Commander Suharto's son-in-law, coming He's through won. and winning there. Big time. Yep. Big time. And that's a big victory for authoritarian populism and probably a mm. big retreat for democracy in Indonesia. But by the time we get... To October, we will be right in the middle of the UK election, talking about all the details of that, but above all, the US election, which will be mm-hmm. coming just in a few weeks' time. And I'm I'm in the States a lot at the moment. I'm flying back there on Sunday. And I hope I'll be able to bring in some of those voices and some of those questions. Um Listen, Sam at ZigZag Education, I I'm, i don't know who Sam is but I'm overly favoring Sam at ZigZag Education, she or he. Greens in Kingswood showed some steady growth, doubled their small vote share, albeit 25.8%, but above the Lib Dems. Good mm. indicator for disillusion with Labour over Green investment and Gaza. Do you think there's any hope for the Greens, or it's still very difficult in the two-party
0: system? Well, we are, we're actually going to be talking to Caroline Lucas on leading in the near future. And I think part of her... Uh, appeal is her, and she's standing down. So it's not impossible that the Greens lose their only seat. And I think that will, if that does happen, and if the Greens do do better on the back of as, as Sam says, disillusion with Labour over green investment in Gaza. Uh, I'd be surprised if they aren't picking up some support over that. But we're back to the whole thing about the first-past-the-post system. There will be tactical voting. There will be a sense. And I think there's been tactical voting in these by-elections, by the way. But I think with the Lib Dems, the reason maybe for their uh, small votes is, is actually that a lot of those people will have voted Labour. And one of the reasons, by the way, Rory, I haven't taken up the invitation to rejoin the Labour Party, I want to be able to carry on saying I think people should vote tactical. Which you wouldn't be able to say as a Labour? No, I think it'd be very difficult as a Labour member to go around and say, you know, vote Lib Dem in wherever wherever it might be. But look, there may well be. The other thing I think was going to happen, Rory, in the near future, I suspect these results will be, look, you know, lots of these Tory MPs. There must be quite a few sitting there thinking oh I can't face this anymore you know what is the point of carrying on so don't you think this is going to lead to possibly more people looking to get out even before an election which would be more yeah, well, I mean, quite, quite a lot of people, to get out at the election
1: quite a lot of people um have already announced they're standing down um there'll be a lot of pressure on MPs not to call a by-election I mean the whips the prime minister everybody will be traditionally begging them not to do this. So Mm. people were very, very angry when Chris Skidmore announced he was going to do a by-election. Just just a moment on Chris Skidmore because maybe it shows a little bit for listeners about what it's actually like inside the Conservative Party and the kind of divides within it and the journeys that people go on. Chris Skidmore was very much before he joined parliament on the right of the Conservative Party associated with people like Michael Gove. Mm-hmm. He was one of the people who wrote this book called Britannia Unchained. He's
0: the quoting. only one who didn't get in the cabinet.
1: That's right, Liz Truss and Quasi quoting mm. But he then ended up, and this is why it's sometimes quite difficult to read Tory MPs, whereas the rest of those people, Pretty Patel, Liz Truss, Quasi Quarting, ended up becoming pretty ferocious, parts the right of the party, and although Truss didn't initially vote for Brexit, she got very hard behind it and became a Brexit champion. He voted Remain. And then became increasingly interested in climate and the environment. And he was the guy who, as the minister for the environment, brought in the net zero pledge and then produced some very serious reports around it. He's also, I mean, there's, you know, we talk about different people within the Conservative Party. The the splits between, as you can imagine, people who have been very strong, active local councillors, local business people. And people like Chris Skidmore, who went from Bristol Grammar School, Oxford University, got a very good first class degree in history, has written four books on Tudor history and pre-Tudor history, wrote a book on Richard III. But then when he left, and this is what I'm leading up to, another MP who joined, we all joined in 2010, called Carl McCartney, who's the MP for Lincoln, tweeted out, a now former colleague, this is about Chris Skidmore, who was gifted various positions ahead of many better, well qualified and collegiate colleagues, dumps on us all from a great height. Once more another non-conservative, hand picked as part of David Cameron's A list. So that's really showing you these divides within the party, you know, anti David Cameron, anti A list. Carl McCartney is a, a, a Brexit voting MP. They joined at the same time. You know, it's a lot of pressure to be part of the same mm. cohort. And then when you call the by-election, suddenly the party turns against you.
0: Mm. Well, look, you've talked before about all these sort of different factions. It's almost like you know, and they even taught themselves about the five families. I think there are probably more than five factions now. But we'll we'll talk about all that and more in our live show. There we go again, last time, Brighton, Birmingham, Manchester, Glasgow, Cardiff and London. The tickets do seem to be going pretty fast. So those of you who are at work, get back to work once you've got your tickets. Those of you who are at home or on holiday, carry on enjoying yourselves uh, and just see the link in all our social media channels and we'll see you next week for our normal Rest is Politics and our normal... Q&A. And
1: thank you for coming. Thank you for joining everybody. And we we should do more of these. I mean, obviously, it's high risk for us because we can get all our statistics wrong and have no chance whatsoever.
0: should well, we should we should also say Roy, that we to let people know that robert sapolsky having gone down so well we have another american beginning with s on monday and that's mr anthony scaramucci who i think you enjoyed meeting didn't you
1: i i really did that that's an extraordinary <laughs> extraordinary character so um yeah a no, lot of a lot of great things to come thank you all very much very much for joining i'm going to try to climb up a hill and um thank you Alistair. speak soon see you soon bye-bye